I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's poppin' Russian Nation? Welcome to week 14, the final week of the fantasy regular season. And as per Thursday evenings, I say as per Thursday evenings, I've been a bit flaky of late, but I'm back. And as always, Murph is here. How you doing, my man? Uh, I'm good. It's final week of the regular season. There's literally, what, four days left of the fantasy regular season, unless you play in a weird league. Um, yeah, it's it's... It's a full-on time of year, right? Uh, this is the time of year I both love and hate at the same time. So um, this is where all your work gets validated. This is the point where everything you've done has been leading to this week and then beyond for the next... It's basically four weeks of playoffs, right? I don't really view this as a as a regular season week. Um, unless, of course, you've already locked a bye, then, you know, your feet up and chilling this week. Um so yeah, it's good. And then um, I wrote a post on on uh, the X machine or Elon Musk's playground or whatever we're calling it these <laughs> days. Um, just a big shout out to um, Crohn's and Colitis people, really. It's Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. Um, for those of you that don't know, I suffer from ulcerative colitis. It's been a pretty crap year um, suffering from that. Um, and so it's with Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. I wanted just to put a shout out there. If you just go read my post, um, not asking for like loads of interaction for my own self validation, but there's some tips, um, and things that people should be aware. Um, my struggle came from doctors not diagnosing me with this early enough um and a lot of what i went through in the early days could have been avoided with an easy with an easier diagnosis um and it's because i was simply unaware of what the the disease uh is um and had i been more informed and more aware i would have been able to have pushed to get diagnosed quicker the diagnosis is not a terribly complicated process it's um uh, literally a camera test um, which isn't pleasant, don't get me wrong, but it's not a hyper-invasive or expensive test. It's not something that people will um, avoid you doing because of the cost. It, it's just the lack of awareness of of what this condition is. And, um, yeah, I, it, you know, not the nicest subject to talk about, but I feel I wouldn't be doing my part um, raising awareness if I didn't talk about the fact that you, if you're something irregular going on, then get yourself checked and push for uh, a camera test. Because if you can get it under control earlier and when you're not as severe and as bad as I was, you can avoid many, many nights in hospital. 
And that's uh, ultimately that didn't happen for me. I had to go through a pretty crap journey. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, but um, <laughs> it was a deliberate pun. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I've come out with the other side for now. It's not the end of my journey. Um, I, I will have bowel surgery, my bowel removed. Uh, very high likelihood that that will happen at some point before I'm 50, um, if I make it that long. Might even be before I'm 40. Um, and that's fine. I've accepted that reality um, because of the tools that are in place. So, yeah, I, I, I talk about it because it's not well known and especially it affects people that will be listening to this podcast. You know, I'm not a extremely rare case of this is hitting somebody in my age and it's very uncommon. Most sufferers of this disease are anywhere between 25 and 40. That's a most are not most. Um, I think it's a slight majority is male. Um, children can get this. So it is, it does sort of, go after younger people at a higher rate than it goes after older people. So um yeah, just if you if you if you've got I mentioned it in the in the, the post I wrote, just give it a read if you got some irregularity downstairs, um get it checked. Um uh, worst case scenario is you have it and you can get treatment and you can go on to be very comfortable. I, I speak to people who um have had this for 20 years and are rarely affected by it they're on medication it gets treated not treated but managed and uh it doesn't really affect their day-to-day life at the moment it's not affecting my day-to-day life not really i I take a pill every day um and i'm in a good spot right now but mine is a more severe case than than others um some people can can live with this for 40 50 years and really not affect them all too much just with the right uh, the right advice and following the right steps. So um, it shouldn't be something to be scared of. It's something to just get under control. So that's my awareness, but it's just because it's, it's Crohn's and Colitis Week. I don't really talk about it too much, but I feel like it, I have a responsibility as someone who has this disease to to talk about it and to, I have a platform to talk about it, luckily, and just get yourself checked. Um, and if you have any questions, very open person. I'm very happy to talk about what I've gone through, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I'm very happy to talk about it, and hopefully, I can, I can, if I can help people in if they go down this journey, then I can. So, yeah, probably not, <laughs> not great content, but I feel like it's important to to talk about because health, family, or all the more important. I lost too much time in my family this year as a result. Yeah, and on an awareness week, it's just it's almost your duty to do so, right? That's the whole point of an awareness week to make people aware. So you're just yeah, exactly you're fulfilling right. your civil duty in the awareness week for something for which you suffer. So yeah, high praise for yeah. you, sir. How and a, week, uh, and, a, and a year ago, I was completely unaware. I was completely unaware a year ago. Like I, I knew a couple of people with it, didn't know anything about it. So um, had I known about it in more detail sooner. Yeah, I would. I would not have gone through the journey I went through. Yeah, so information is king, right? That's yeah, and and, and not being scared because it, it can be a daunting process to see somebody about your health, whether it's you know for Crohn's and ulcitis, or you've got something on your foot, or you're losing your hair, or whatever. That first step in any any journey along those lines uh it, it can be scary even if it shouldn't be and we need to get that stigma away about finding out information from medical persons because it, it's key right yeah how's how's your fantasy season shaping up Murph with one week to go we talked about final week of the fantasy season how is it looking for you um I had a pretty good year uh on the whole um, I, you know, I, I track this stuff. I'm probably on pace to make the playoffs in somewhere between 70 to 75% of leagues might be a little less depends how seasons shape up. Um, I don't have too many really appalling teams. Um, 
couple of the Listener League teams haven't been great. Um, auction fell off a cliff. IDP was definitely easily my worst, uh, my worst league. And BFFL, I had loads of injuries. I'm trying to save myself from relegation. Um, uh, Charity League's doing really well on course to make the playoffs in the Warrior Bowl uh, in the round three of the Scottfish Bowl playoffs. Uh, got a buy in the IDP guys playoff. Um, doing really well in the Eliminators. Uh, I signed up to six. I'm still alive in five of those six. Um, I just feel I got I had a good handle on things this year, which is weird because it was definitely the worst prepared I was going into a season. Um, but a lot of things that we talked about preseason about ADPs being wrong, values being wrong. I didn't feel. I felt there was a lot of opportunity. We had Rich on last week, right? And we talked about this. That I felt that there was no overcorrection. Well, he as well thought there was a massive overcorrection on on running back values to where there was some real value that could be had at the position that people were going on really young wide receivers in in redraft, and that led to veteran wide receivers being at an insane value. Um, so I, it's interesting. I feel like as the, as fantasy communities, as content gets better, as, as more content is out there, I feel like it really skews value more <laughs> weirdly, um, because it tends to be that people tend to follow the hotness. And if you can pivot away from the hotness, um, you can do all right if it, if it lands. And I felt that the hotness skewed too much and felt that there was some efficiency. So I, I think I've had a really good year. Um, we'll find out at the end of the season, right? It <laughs> could all blow up in the next in the next few weeks. Um, Dynasty teams seem to be going relatively strong. Um, there's only really one or two fantasy teams that are maybe three that are kind of not really doing that well. The rest are, are doing well and on course to make the playoffs. Charity leagues have done well in for the most part make the playoffs in the majority of them, which in large tournaments is pretty good going. Um, home league's not too bad. UFC, which is like my major home league. It's a really complicated league. Uh, I'm doing really well in. So, yeah, I, good year. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, 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 to be fair, my year is a year of... My teams are a teams of two halves. I have very few teams that are in the middle of the league. My teams are mm. either I'm in the playoffs. I've got a couple of buys. I've actually got a third position, not buy, but my last week is irrelevant because I'm going to finish third regardless of result, which is quite good. Um, and then I've got a whole load of dumpster fire teams where injury is just their deep leagues. Injuries ravaged me and I've had no chance to fight back from it. And then... I've got these three or four ghost, not ghost teams. They're, they're leagues I'm in where they're either best ball leagues with waivers, so people aren't really active on the waivers, or they're, te- they're teams that are really bad, and yet somehow I find myself in a bit of a scrap for a five, six place playoff this week. And some of them, I, the dynasty, and I don't want to be in the playoffs, but where I had a few zigs, like you were talking about, where everyone else was zagging. I've somehow managed to bludgeon my way up to the middle of the table and and just in that playoff spot. So, yeah, my, I think I've got I, don't, I think I've got three buys which are locked in already, and then maybe two more which are playoff bound, and then those three or four ghost teams. I think I'm probably at about fifty percent playoffs, which I'm not disappointed about considering how much Kirk Cousins stock I've got this year. Yeah. Um, it's just murdered me and yeah I, my my main home league which you're in as well my team's been I think I've won three of the last four years and then it, it just the cliff came and it came real fast and I'm not entirely sure what to do because it's not the most active of leagues so selling stuff is proving pretty tri- tricky but yeah apart from that where it's going to be nice actually that someone else would be in the final because it, it's, it's good when a league is busy right when all the teams are competing you get different people in the playoffs it's it's fun as opposed Mm -hmm. to just you get these juggernaut teams which run through it and it can't be fun for the rest of the league because 
there's 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 no point at not that there's no point, but you sometimes feel that there's no point, don't you, if you can't beat those two teams or three teams that are always up there and just smashing the pants off people. So Yeah, I mean in that league, your league record is sixty four and nineteen. Yeah, I know. Which which is just it's just ridiculous. Um Yeah, I think you did you beat me in the final of that last year? I think I no. did. No, you didn't. You beat uh, you beat Josh in the final. It must have been um, the year before I beat you then. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, it was the year the... before. It was twenty twenty one that you beat me in the final. My team took a nap in the final. It wasn't even close. <laughs> my um, I, my win, like you said, it's 60, 64 and nineteen. Yeah, is that right? Seventy seven percent. Yeah, I. I would love to find out if there are many teams with a better four-year win percent ratio of three titles in four years plus 77% win ratio in a dynasty league. I, I mean, I, I have I have won. Um, yeah. But I, this is the year I, was, I started off struggling and then I've pushed all in to go and uh, I'm trying to three-peat and go for four in the last five years. Nice. Um but yeah, that's just um, I'm pulling up the record now. If I can just pull it up, uh, the record in that league is. Uh, I'm just waiting on it. Tense. It's tense in the in the green room. <laughs> People are waiting. What platforms it on? Sleeper. Yeah, it's on Sleeper. It's just crashed on me which is which is good so <laughs> yeah it's been doing that a lot to me recently sleeper i didn't uh, i didn't really struggle at the start of the season but the recently the sleeper has been awful it's not quite as good as yours 60 69 and 24 oh get out of here come on that's yes. <laughs> 69 and 24 um but yeah I I do possess a good record in that league, so yeah, and I've pushed all in to go again. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, exactly that. It's it's hard to win. Um, this brings me on to a really good point, right? So <laughs> I'm going to go to our Patreon. If you haven't subscribed to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash five year rush, um, and in our Patreon chat this week, Hannah, who you'll know, Hannah who does the Dynasty Show, she's in there. And she posted a question of um, she's got a contending dynasty team. She offered the one, um, it's going to be like the 109 or better for um, uh, Kyron Williams. And the guy counted and said, I'll do it for the second as well. So first and second round pick for Kyron Williams. And she was like, I'm not sure if I should do it. And I was just like, the set the second is worthless, so it I'd do it. <laughs> like I wouldn't even hesitate. Like I'd be like, yeah, all right, fine, you can have the second, because I right, I'm gonna give you some. And the reason I bring this up is I did some research on how bad the two oh nine upwards is. The bust rates for these at the two oh nine, the bust rates. So this is a player that is just not even you couldn't even have on your fantasy bench. So I'm not even talking to the point of. They're just not very like they could put together some weeks, but they're just not. They're, they're, they're just picks that you cannot use. Seventy four percent bust rate two oh nine, eighty percent the two ten, seventy three percent the two eleven, and eighty percent the two twelve. So you're effectively talking a three and four, four and five chance of the player that you pick there being a bust. Now. People are going to scream at this, but what about the rest? Only one in the last 15 years, there has been one outstanding player picked in that range. You want to guess who it might be? I'll give you a clue. He's a third year player wide receiver in the NFC on a contending team now, but we're a bit of a joke. <laughs> third year wide receiver. What round was he drafted NFL? Fourth round, I believe. Oh my God, I am never going to get this. I, I give you a clue. His brother also plays in the league for another NFC team, but he's not as good. Nowhere near as good. 
his brother. So are we talking about Equinemius St. Brown? Right, but that's not who we're talking about. His brother is the... Who, Amon Ra. Amon Ra St. Brown is the only stud in the rookie range of 2.9 to 2.12 in the last 15 years that's come out and been great. Since 2017, outside of him, there have only been two starter-worthy players that have been drafted in that range. James Connor, which is a bit of a fluke that that's kind of prevailed, um, and Pat Freemuth. Yeah, just... I went into more detail at the 209. So the 209, do you want to know the single best player in the last 15 years to be drafted at the 209? Oh, wait, let me have a guess. This is hard. <laughs> okay, any clues? Just... Yeah, NFC running back started the year as not the lead back, but then has jumped over and overtaken the free agent signing to be the lead back. Had a very good week last week. What was it the week before? <laughs> um, so on a really poor test. team. One of one of the... I think it's, yeah, on one of the worst teams in football. In the NFC. Oh, just tell me. Tuba <laughs> uh, Hubbard. I would never have got that. <laughs> so Chuba, Chuba Hubbard is this at the 209 is the best player to be drafted at that position in the last 15 years. Other notable names, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Justice Hill. Um, I'll give you some really crap names of players that have been drafted in recent years at the 209. Brian Edwards, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did absolutely nothing fancy, did they? Uh, Jeremy McNichols, Snoop Dogg's cousin or nephew <laughs> or something like that. Um, that's probably the only notoriety he got. Uh, Javorius Allen, do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he was did nothing. How about uh, Kadeem Carey? Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, did nothing. This is what I mean. Like, So my point is that everyone looks at like, oh, I got a second. If you're not getting a second in the first sort of four picks and you're getting them between the 2-9 and the 2-12. So in context of this, I'm talking about 12-team leagues. So the 209 in the 12-team league is pick number... 21. Basically, pick 21 onwards is effectively garbage. You might hit one. Then people will play, hey, but Tank Dell was later than that this year. Yes, he was. And, and, and fair play, there is going to be the odd one, but the numbers don't lie. The bust rate of, you know, three and four, four and five. <laughs> Give me the title. I'll, I'll take Kyron Williams. If that is what it took to get Kyron Williams over the line, I'm running and going, it can have it. That can go in the bin. Um, I've been trading away my second round, third round picks literally for fun on contending teams. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to get anything unless I hit one and you can hit one, but I'm not going to get anything of value. If I'm, if my team is contending and I'm in that top three, top four, so if my team's going to buy, I'm automatically in that range. I'm automatically in that range. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll give them away for penny sweets. It doesn't matter. If I can get a piece that gets me something now and the person thinks they're getting a, a good deal, all for them. Is it a good deal? No. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm quite happy to trade a second round pick for uh, almost just about anything. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you famously said you trade your mother for a championship, so a hundred percent. I still stand by that. You know, she can she can go and she can go um, and, and be helped to someone for a championship. But yeah, I, I just think I think sometimes things get like overcomplicated. I think my point to this message was ultimately you can trade you can trade these picks, and they're not as valuable as it would seem. And I think too many people get hung up on rookie picks. So play to that. Trade them. Like the 209 to 212 is worth next to nothing. Yep. That's my point. Don't be scared to trade them. Don't be afraid to trade rookie picks. Uh, We've turned into a dynasty show. But just don't be afraid to trade them. Don't, if in that range, to get a championship now or to push him for a championship now. The risk is next to nothing. Well, you, you say we've turned into a dynasty show, but it's also a prudent point this week with most leagues trade deadline being this week. So, 
it, it is prudent. I actually, I actually hate the trade deadline in dynasty leagues. I think it's ridiculous because if I then make it one more week and I do then want to go all in and trade for a player from a team that is willing to rebuild in a part, but I can't because the trade deadline has passed. It really bugs me. But I get why they're there. Just it's a personal thing of. Um, yeah, I I think it depends on the league. I'm not in this whole. There should be no trade deadline uh, camp. I get it, and I have leagues that are no trade line, uh, no trade deadline, and they make a lot of sense. I think it depends on the nature of your league. If there's not high volumes of trading, then I don't think it matters. I think if anything, it pushes people to the table, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I feel like sometimes in some leagues that are quieter, a no trade line, a no trade deadline. League uh, can yield to like less trading. Um, whereas I think like having a deadline can promote action, and I don't think it's a bad thing. In a league where there's a good volume of trading, then I don't think it's then obviously I don't think you need to uh, have a deadline. I think it's really all down to your league and what's right for your league. I don't think you need to prescribe a specific set of circumstances that are universal to all. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's a good point. I, uh, I also think you've subconsciously come across this week's T-shirt with a no tread line a tag. Going there. <laughs> no, no, no tread line. <laughs> no tread line. Yeah, look at that. There's a, a whole week of it. Murph, some reactions to week 13. What stood out to you? Um, yeah, just a few a few bits and pieces. Now, I watched most of this in a, in a bar. Um so I have gone back and rewatched some things. Uh, but there's some things to note. Most team, Raheem most that's 38% of snaps. It's incredibly low. Um, I kind of was trying to figure out what was going on. Um, the logical answer I have to this is Dolphins are going to get the playoff spot. Dolphins are uh, going to win the division. Um, don't think that's in doubt. Um, Bills might have an argument against that, but I think the Dolphins will get in the playoffs regardless. Um, they were up in this game. Devon Achan was back from injury. I think they wanted to get some rhythm going. I think they let Devon Achan dominate more. I don't think it's a cause for concern, but I do think it's something to keep an eye on. So I was surprised his snap count was that low, given Devon Achan had only just returned, given the last time that he returned from injury, he got crocked um, and missed an extra week. So I was expecting most Sturt's usage to be higher, but I also trying to understand that they're trying to save him a little bit and also trying to um, get Devon Achan snaps and, and some ribbon going. That's kind of my logical brain, but it was still a surprise to see it that low. Um, let's talk about the Titans. Titans managed 81 plays, which is just like, I think their season average is like less than 50 or around 50. (coughs) So wild that they ran 81 plays. Um, I don't know what this means going forward. I don't know if this is something like they're trying to go high tempo. Um, I mean, they lost the game in in overtime. Um, I mean, if you had Derek Henry, it was nice that he posted... Uh, a really good week for a change, although he did leave the game with what was called a concussion, but he's not on the concussion protocol, so who knows what is actually true and what isn't. Um, Mike Vable subscribing to the Bill Belichick school of not telling anyone what the heck is going on. Um, he did practice Wednesday, though, I think. He did practice, so I would think he's not in the concussion protocol, so it would be interesting to see what is actually going on. Um, but 81 plays from the Titans... That can only be a good thing for Hopkins. That can only be a good thing for Henry, uh, for maybe for Spears. Um, maybe this this team have realized that, hey, they've got nothing to lose. They're four and eight. They might as well start seeing and evaluating Will Levis for what it is, which is, is he good enough to be a starter in the NFL? And the only way you can do that is by making plays. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, with them. Um and then inversely, another thing that surprised me is a lot of praise has gone on. We've talked about Sam Howell, Sam Howell's volume, and talked about Eric Bieniemy and and all of this, and he's being linked with the coaching job that isn't open at um, at Chicago. Um, 
they managed 12 completions and just 127 yards on Sunday. Um, they won't buy this week, but that's horrific. <laughs> like the Dolphins' defense is good; it's not that good. Like yeah. that's mad. Um, so again, it's just a bit like phew, I don't know. What, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> like um, that leads some cause of concern for Terry McLaurin, Kurt Samuel, Sam Howell, if that trend sticks. So wasn't quite expecting that. And then my other nugget, not really a shock, but I do find it hilarious is that the um, shout-out to the Chargers for covering the four-and-a-half-point spread against the uh, Patriots by winning a game six to nothing. <laughs> I mean, that that takes absolute biscuits, right, to do that, like fair play. Um... <laughs> also, interesting stat. How many times do you think there's been a six-nothing game in the NFL? Hmm. Uh, not many. Not many. <laughs> was that the first? Because I did see something about Scoring Army, or was that in another game? I think the 45-15 was the Scoring Army. Okay. I'm going to say three times. Okay, you're off by 77. 80 times has been a 6-0 scoreline. Oh, the shut the front door. <laughs> it's the 80th or 81st instance of a 6 nothing game in the NFL. No, I'm not having... When was... No. If you think the old days, it makes plenty of sense. Yeah, but when was the last one then? Um, Tune in next week, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think what? it was that long ago. I, th- I don't think it's as long as you think. I think um, I, I think I remember a very low-scoring something-nothing game. But that is... That is atrocious. Six nothing. The Patriots have been involved in some absolute barnstormers this season, haven't they? Um, here we go. So here's the stat for you. Uh, yeah, they have been. Uh, the last six nothing game um, was the Jacksonville Jaguars win over the Indianapolis Colts in 2018. Well, fair enough. That was only a few years ago. Then I say a few. That was five years ago. The Chargers win over the Patriots saw uh, more than twice as many punts, thirteen than points. I just, I don't think that game was even on red zone. I think they literally was like they might have shown one of the field goals. I don't think that game really appeared on red zone, which is, I think is is impressive in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine playing an entire game and it doesn't appear on a seven-hour telecast. <laughs> Not once, even whilst everyone else is in. TV I can't. Time I can't remember that game being on there. It might have been, and, and I'm willing to be owned, but. But there was there was a Patriots there was a Patriots game a couple of weeks ago where Scott Hansen said we will bring you something but the first seven drives have all ended in a punt so until something happens in this game we'll uh, we'll keep you updated and they literally yeah, I think it was only a couple so, of weeks ago yeah it was <clears throat> so yeah the Patriots suck when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> they do. Uh, Bill Pelichick's I mean, I mean, never drafted that high in the draft, so he's going to be looking forward to it next season. Yeah, but what? No. Please don't draft Drake May to the Patriots. That would just be horrific. No. We want him on the Bucks next year. Do we? Yeah. All right. No, I do. Don't know about the rest of you. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. 
Let's talk some statistical trends as we tend to at this time of a Thursday evening, starting with Devon Achan. Yeah, so I, I briefly just sort of mentioned this. Uh, he played 61% of snaps, uh, Devon Achan, um, which is amazing, um, and we love that. Um, so, again, I, I just feel like it was used for him to try and get up and running and, and back into what he does. Um, so, yeah, really happy to see him back in in the swing of things. Um, so, I guess, yeah, like I said, he looked good. Um I was shocked he got a lot of garbage time usage. Um, I wasn't quite expecting that, um, but I think it just points to the fact they want to get him healthy and, and use him as a, as a weapon. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm pleased he's back because of uh, I got him in Dynasty League, which I'm doing pretty well in. So, good stuff. Zach Moss is doing pretty well again without Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think we're going to see Jonathan Taylor again this season. I would be surprised uh, if we did. Um, I just don't, unless they've got something riding on the final week of the season, um, I just can't see why they would risk it. Uh, but Zach Moss, 94% of snaps, uh, 73% of routes. And again, uh, got a high volume of high-value high touches as well. So, um, yeah, really good. To, I, I stupidly dropped him in the league the week before because I just thought oh. Jonathan Taylor's back now. So that's... Uh, the trend, and, and then I didn't get him back, so that's just one of those things. But uh, I kept him in a lot of leagues, so uh, yeah, pleased to have him on some rosters. And uh, yeah, you'll see him be a good sort of low RB1, high RB2 for the rest of the season. Yeah, if you can hear some noise in the background, it is because Santa Claus is out there on a sleigh driving around currently. So I, uh, I'm not <laughs> going to apologize for the festivities, but that would, would be the loud background noise if there is anything coming through. Ezekiel Elliott seems to have found himself a bit of a job in, in that turgid Patriots offense because of an injury to Ramondre Stevenson. And I think he's out this week, right? He's been designated yeah. as out. They play they play tonight, so he is out this week. Um, so that does mean uh, that Elliott should see a high volume of snaps, 70% snaps. Uh, don't forget, Ramondre Stevenson was in this game, then he got injured. 21 touches for Zeke. Mon uh, Ty Montgomery, who's the number three back, played just three snaps. So this should be a bell cow role for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I've been talking about him the last couple of weeks as a player who should be... So I talked about him about six, seven weeks ago as a player. You can dump off rosters. And then I talked to him about a few weeks ago. He was worth picking up in case this kind of scenario happened. Maybe they shut down Stevenson because there's nothing to play for this season. He's the one they've got money on going forward. They want to evaluate Elliott. So I've been pounding the table to own him uh, more and more in recent weeks. And uh, yeah, if you listen to that advice, it's paid off for you. Didn't know if we'd see him in a bell cow role again, but <coughs> obviously because of injury, we have Rashi Rice is is starting to show up a little. Yeah, I mean, the peripherals have been there all season long, pretty much. So um rashi rice is is doing the business um but again second week in a row he's led all wide receivers uh in roots uh he got nine more targets so i think they finally have found the rhythm with rashi rice um and i think you're going to see him in a bigger role moving forward um fingers crossed i i you know all season we'll be trying to work out who is going to be the person that emerges from the pack is it sky Moore? Is it MVS? Is it Kadarius Tony? It it's Rashi Rice. He's the guy who has accelerated into that role um, that they've been trying to fill for a while, and I think he's going to be a strong um, player moving forward. I don't think he's going to be this elite talent, but I do think he's going to be a strong player uh, moving forward in in recent weeks or yeah, recent weeks, maybe even recent uh, years to come. Joe Flacco turns up and Elijah Moore gets a boatload of targets. Yeah, it's not a huge surprise. People sitting here like, where did Elijah Moore come from? Like, how's this happened? These two played together last season at the Jets. This is not a big shock. You know, Joe Flacco is, that's the only guy on the roster he knows. He's been there two weeks. He's never played with Amari Cooper. He's never played with um, any of the other, you know, Cedric Tillman. He's never played with any of the other. The only guy he's ever played with and has any rhythm with is is um, Elijah Moore. And then Amari Cooper gets a concussion. He is knocked out of this game. 
he's going to go to what he knows. Mm. You know, Joe Flacco is playing for a job next year um, as a backup. That's ultimately what he's doing. He doesn't have a job next year. So uh, he is playing for a contract somewhere else to keep his um, to keep his job going. So, yeah, uh, 12 targets for more, 255 air yards. Um, I mean, some of this is, is due to the fact that Cooper was taken out of the game, but still, it's still a big, it's still a big thing. It's still Elijah Moore with Joe Flacco. If Joe Flacco is going to keep that role, and 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 this is the only question mark. I, if I'm the Browns, we're in playoff contention. Joe Flacco is going to give me a better opportunity to get wins than DTR. But DTR is where they got investment going forward. If they're seriously out of contention, they'll go to DTR. If they're seriously trying to win, they'll go with Joe Flacco. So let's just see how that scenario plays out for the next couple of weeks. Jonathan Mingo, new staff, new coaching staff after Reich's gone, and Jonathan Mingo's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's been building for a while. So this was a chat I had with some of the Patreons last week, uh, this week. I was asked uh, like some players that were rest of the season who I would have. And it was, you know, Phelan and Cooks, who would I have over? And I'd still go Phelan. But I just don't know if I trust Cooks. Like he had one or two decent games, but we've seen the best of the Cowboys offense now. I don't think they're going to be blowing out teams as much as they have been. I think we've seen the peak and the peak we got from Brandon Cooks was one top 24 week. So I'll, I'll take Phelan. Um, but Mingo trading upwards. Um so decent amount of volume uh, this week, 10 targets. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I would say, they were very conservative in this game. Um, the Panthers, uh, the Bucks were for the taking in this game. Um, really, the difference between the two sides was Mike Evans in this game. Um, I think if the handbrake was off slightly and they gambled a little bit, they might have got a better result in this game. Um but yeah, good to see Jonathan Mingo getting getting some targets, that's for sure. We've already talked about Kyron Williams a little bit, Murph, but uh, 94% of snaps this past week and, and some big high-value targets. He's a top three rest of the season running back for me. Because when he plays, he's 100% in. You know, 94% of snaps. There isn't any other running back maybe than Christian McCaffrey that's going to get that. Maybe Josh Jacobs. <clears throat> That's it. So, Tyron Williams is a machine. And they're going to just run him as much as they can. So, <clears throat> who knows what happens next season? Who knows uh, where his value is next season? And, you know, I was talking to Hannah about the trade with Kyron Williams. I just said, don't even view next season because McVeigh has zero loyalty with, with running backs. Wouldn't also shock me if Sean McVay walked away at the end of the season. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. That would be in the range of outcomes possible. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think Kyron Williams to the moon for the next couple of weeks. We did the Eliminator League for Matt's dad. Um, I was quite happy to pay a high draft price for Kyron Williams. We redrafted in the uh, UFC. I was quite happy to pay the, the high draft price for Kyron Williams. I just don't think you're going to have a better route to. Um, a potential league winner this year other than Christian McCaffrey and maybe Travis Etienne if he stays healthy. I'm just trying to look back through my... Uh, if I can find where... Because I know I wrote about Kyron Williams in one of our books. I'm just trying to look back through to see if I've got that document in front of me, but that would be uh, that would be some find. Uh, no, Trey McBride. Name's still kicking around. Uh, he's dominating at the moment. Uh, 36% targets per route run is massive. Uh, looks like the number one in, in the offense he's on by this week. A little unfortunate. Um, but uh, he, for me, is a top three, top four tight end the rest of the season. Brevin Jordan, a name that was big when he was drafted, turned out to be one of those busts we talked about earlier, Murph, but it's because of Dalton Schultz missing some time set up last week. Yeah, him and Tank Dell. So, unfortunately, we, we lost Tank Dell for the season. Um, I, I'm going to add to this something I, I didn't really talk about uh, in the show notes, but something I might as well add while while we're here is, um, is Nico Collins. Um, so, Collins 
absolutely balled out. Like he absolutely balled out in this game. So um, Collins's target share went from 20% to 31%. His air yards boosted from 25% to 41%. These stats are courtesy of uh, Dwayne McFarland, guest, uh, friend of the show. His utilization report, which is on fantasylife.com, it is free. Um, so do get out there and, and subscribe to, to that and use the site. Um, I don't think he's going to keep that target share, but I do think that he's going to be 25% target share upwards, Nico Collins. Um, so it's going to be amazing for him. That puts me, I said Tank Dell, rest of the season wide receiver one. This was before he got injured. I'm now taking Tank Dell out and I'm replacing him with the name Nico Collins. I think Nico Collins is a top seven, top eight wide receiver rest of the season. But let's hope he doesn't get injured. What this means for Brevin Jordan, if if um, Dalton Schultz is out, the target tree massively narrows. You haven't got that many players. Their single tree's role seems to have pretty much been obliterated. Um, and then you've basically got Robert Woods. He'll have a bit. And then you you have um, Nico Collins, who was going to get a lot. So then you've got this kind of vacancy, and Brevin Jordan stepped in, and he, he took this on. Um, 72% of routes, four targets, 64 yards. Okay, he doesn't find the end zone, but four targets, 64 yards. That's 10 PPR points. I'm taking that as a tight end. So if you're in desperate need of a tight end this week and Dalton Schultz isn't going to play, Brevin Jordan will fill that hole quite nicely. He might dink you seven to 10 fantasy points in the PPR league this week, and, and I'm all for it. Quickly, Murph, when was Kyron Williams drafted? Uh, isn't he a rookie? No, he's not, is he? No, he played last year. Okay, so he's he's a, sorry, he is a sophomore back. So he came out in twenty two, did he? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I wrote about him then. I don't think I wrote. Uh, yeah, so drafted, drafted, and, yeah, drafted in twenty twenty two. I was so low on Ramondo Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, uh, somebody who was low at the time, but as is doing well now is Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, I, really effectively, he's the only back on that um, on that team that's worth anything. Uh, Ch has been discarded onto the scrap heap. Seventy uh, percent snaps, uh, six high value touches. Wasn't a particularly great game from the Chiefs. Um, so without Jerry McKinnon there, Isaiah Pacheco is going to be a a good uh, running back too. He's a start option every single week. Um, with McKinnon back, it'd be interesting to see if he loses some of that role. But on the whole, um, strong showing from Pacheco. You can stick him in your lineup every week and, and you'll be happy with what you get from him. Another name to surface out of the quagmire, Devontae Parker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's one player really in the wide receiver core that's worth owning. Demario Douglas looks like he's out tonight. Um, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster struggling in his half-finished his career. So Parker is, is going to be the guy. Got nine targets, 142 air yards. Listen, the quarterback position is absolutely dreadful. Um, Devonta Parker probably wouldn't be a play most weeks. Um, but if you have some buys left over, and there's not that many teams on buys, so you might not be in a position where you need to start Devonta Parker. But he's a flex option this week uh, based on that. The risk is obviously it's Thursday night football. You can't start him in the flex. He has to go in a starting lineup. Uh, in order to get the best out of him, I it would depend on your team. Um, but effectively, there isn't going to be anyone else on the Patriots catching the football. So in a PPR league, he's probably a good flex-worthy play. Uh, in a standard league, he probably is not. So um, yeah, but if you if you need to get some, if you, if you're looking to get sort of about twelve points uh, PPR points out of your flex, then Devontae Parker seems to be that guy. Chase Brown has increased his role. Yeah. Um, for me, he, I, so he's definitely getting more and more work. A lot of this is due to um, the usage of the team and spreading it all around. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've put on here that I think he's a priority stash. I think he goes into that category of players that could eventually hit uh, in the fantasy playoffs. Um, and I'll talk about this more on the Strategy Points podcast that I think he's a player you want to be targeting and, and picking up. So 
Um, yeah, it's getting more and more work. The utilization is trending upwards for him. Um, so he's a player you want to be uh, you want to be thinking about uh, stashing um, in there. By the way, if you're looking for other stash candidates, um, other players are going to give you Kenneth Gamewell is in that list. Uh, Rondell Moore of the Cardinals um, because they're on buy this week. Absolutely no one to be on him. So just feel free to just add him. Uh, there's some good stash candidates for you uh, as well. Nice. Let's talk some Travis Etienne. Signs to be concerned? Um, A little bit. 58% stat share. Not great. Dionis De- uh, Johnson has come in. We talked about this on last week's show with Rich, that he's come in and become a thing. Um, at the end of the day, Etienne's getting all the high-value touches. This could be one of these things that is like addition through subtraction. Um, so, look, he's trending downward since the buy. We've talked about this. Uh, a number of times in terms of uh, number of touches, he's right up there. The number of touches, he's on pace for uh, nearly 350 touches this season, which is just mad. You're putting him in the red zone of potential injury concern. So I don't think it's a bad thing at this stage of the season to see Etienne seed some, seed some touches to Dionis Johnson. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I, it's going to cap a little bit of his upside, but what you're going to get in 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 exchange is hopefully no injury. So the, the thing I'd be more concerned about, it, it, the reason I put this in here is people will look at the snaps and will say, hey, he's not the workhorse anymore. And I just would point to you that actually when the ball matters, when the game is on the line, Travis Etienne is getting all the high value work, all the stuff you want him to get. He's getting, he's just losing some of that quote unquote donkey work. The the stuff in between the twenties that uh, is just kind. Of... Anything that would increase his risk of injury. Fair. You talked about some stashes earlier. How about Kendra Miller as one of those? Right. Sorry, I just had an audio cut out. That's all right. Kendra Miller, we talked about some stashes. This guy's definitely in that list, right? Nothing but a stash, right? Ultimately, um, what we're looking at here is insurance if something happens to uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is not a young back. He's having a huge workload. He's on pace for another 1,000 yards from scrimmage season, which would be a seventh, which is a ridiculous amount for a running back. Um, he's getting a ridiculous amount of touches. Jamal Williams, I would say, is just it's just not happening for him in this offense like it was last season. So Kendra Miller is, is the guy. If you're looking for... If you have a deep bench or a medium bench and you're looking for guys to stash that could just end up walking into a decent role... Um, Kendra Miller's your guy. Um, you'd need an injury to to uh, Alvin Kamara to for that to happen. But if that does happen, Kendra Miller could be a decent RB two play and could. I'm actually going to sit here and crown him a league winner because I don't think he gets that role in its entirety, but I do think he gets some form of role. So, um, yeah, I think in in leagues where you've got bench spots to spare. Uh, I'd be adding him because you can get it for free. No one's picking up on him. Come on then, Murph. Let's talk about your boy, Mike Evans. I mean, he was incredible, right? Um, yep. 10 consecutive thousand yard season. In this game, it was borderline ridiculous. 44% targets per route run. So a good number is like 25% is like an elite number. 44 is just ridiculous. Um the guy's shown up this year and he's in a contract year. Um, I was telling, I was saying that actually what I've noticed with Mike Evans is he's on the TB12 plan. He looks leaner. He looks fitter. He looks healthier than he ever has done. He's lost a little bit of size, but he's made up for it with speed. 
Um, the guy clocked on his touchdown run nearly a 21 mile per hour run, which was the fastest of his career. He's a 10 year vet and he's just recorded the fastest run of his career. It's also the longest touchdown of Mike Evans's career. Wow. He scored on Sunday. So we're talking about a guy who is kind of reversing father time in the sense of he's actually becoming a better athlete now than he was when he was drafted. And that's quite scary considering the tread on the tires, the length of time that he's played. I genuinely think he's he's gained something working with Tom Brady that he now has this extra ability um, that he perhaps didn't have. And it's turned him from a very good wide receiver to an elite wide receiver. Now he's not going to make a pro bowl because Tampa aren't, great this year and he's um he's not on tv enough uh etc but people are talking about him now so he might be a late run for a pro bowl bet but ultimately the guy's having one of the best and he might end up with the best season of his career this season um so yeah i mean td catches he's behind just tyree kill yardage he's not too far behind the elite players in this league this season um so yeah, he, he's a massive. He's a must start every week. Uh, Chris Godwin is kind of fading into nothing in this offense. Uh, it's all going through Mike Evans, and he's handling the workload brilliantly. So um, Mike Evans could be a league winner for players down the stretch here. And the schedule's not too bad for him. He's got Carolina again, who's just torched. Uh, he's got New Orleans, uh, who he's torched this season. He's got Atlanta this week. That's a tricky game. Um, so yeah, he's he's got some opportunities here to to put up some big numbers in the final few weeks of the season. He's been nothing short of fantastic. And so 10 years straight, is that is phenomenal. All right, Jackson. Only, only Jerry good, Rice has done it. Only Jerry Rice it, has done it. And he did what, 14, 12 or 14? Uh, he did it 11 times in a row. So only him and oh, okay. Jerry Rice have done it 10 times in a row. Um, he's tied with uh, Randy Moss for the second most amount of... Um, a thousand yard seasons I think yeah I think Jerry Rice was 16 in the end that's just stupid yeah that, we played a long time crazy. yeah yeah let's talk somebody who's new to the league Jackson Smith and Jupa see he's he's massively in- increasing and he's someone for me I think um I think you're looking at JSN on two fronts first of all he's getting increased role 11 targets seven catches uh, nearly scored a, a, a sort of a, a touchdown here and deep shot, which was good. The other thing to look at with JSN, he's got arguably the easiest schedule of any wide receiver coming in for the rest of the season. Yes, there is Tyler Lockett. Yes, there is DK Metcalf, but they've got the 49ers who are uh, 25th, the Eagles who are dead last, the Titans who are 28th, and the Steelers who are 17th uh, in terms of uh, wide receiver points. Uh, so that's like the most allowed. So, the Eagles are the worst. Uh, they're giving up the most points. So that's what I mean by that. It's it's a good schedule for JSN in that kind of role. He becomes a flex play every week. So uh, yeah, don't don't sleep on him. I, I kind of was a bit out on him. He's starting to get that usage that says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll, I'll, I'll have a bit of him for the rest of the season. 100%. James Conner had himself a day. Yeah, a really good day. Uh, obviously on bye this week, but two touchdowns. Um, I still think he's a low-end RB2, but if he gets the touchdowns and goal line work and Kyler Murray can get this ball down the field, um, yeah, he could be in for a good uh, end of season. So, uh, yeah, don't sleep on James Conner, but just don't expect this kind of day maybe again for the rest of the season. <laughs> Damian Pierce is getting a little bit more involved. I just don't know what's going on here. Um, so I, I had got to the point where I was like, you can drop Damian Pierce. He's, he's finished. And uh, and then they've given the ball back to Damian Pierce. So I was really in on him. I've got, I had him on loads of teams. I was like, he's, he's a great value in the seventh round of drafts. He's going to get a, a huge role. Then they kind of just got rid of him and let De- uh, Devin Singletree just come in and he got injured. So it was like, oh, well, Devin Singletree's been great. And it was like, oh, that's the end of this. And then... Uh, yeah, I, I no answers. I no answers. I, I almost think you're at the point where you need to fade both of them. <laughs> but he got all the touches inside the 10. He got a touchdown, Damian Pierce. So who knows what the Texans do next week? 
But I I think my point is this is more a you can't trust the running game in uh, in Houston. That's more my, my message from this. Yeah, that's fair. Right, DJ Dallas, a name I didn't think I'd see on this sheet. Yeah, not really much to say other than when Charbonnet went down and DJ Dallas was really the only guy that stepped up. I kind of put this in there of what happens in this scenario where Jack Charbonnet's banged up, doesn't play or plays a little bit and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and then we lose, you know, we've still got Kenneth Walker still returning from injury. In the world where one of those guys doesn't play and the other one's a bit banged up, or both guys don't play, then DJ Dallas is the guy to win. Um, but I'd, I would add him as an insurance. If you're especially struggling at the running back position, he's worth an ad. You can add him for free right now. Um, I wouldn't pay too much for him. But if things trend towards Sunday, towards those guys not playing or not getting much of a role, then DJ Dallas could think you're a win this week. So just keep an eye on that situation. And then finally, Murph, the Browns are spraying it around. Yeah, it goes to to Joe Flacco, right? So actually, you know, I said that a lot of it went to um, a lot of it went to to Elijah Moore. That's true, but there were five wide receivers or tight ends with five plus ta- targets in this game. Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball. He's got no mobility. He's he's got the mobility of an oil tanker. Um, but ultimately, he will sling the rock. He will put it down the field. He's not afraid to get vertical. Um, what this does is if he gets the nod going forward and not DTR, the passing volume in this game goes up through the roof. What this means is a slight downgrade to guys like Jerome Ford um, and Kareem Hunt, but it will mean some good utilization for Elijah Moore, for Amari Cooper when he returns, um, for David Njuku. Um, so I think there's there's some good utilization there for the guys in the in the passing side of the game, if Joe Flacco is under him. I guess for the Browns going forward, if Flacco is in the game, you're going to see a lot more passing. That's good for the receivers from the Browns on your team. If you see DTR, it's going to be good for uh, Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. If Flacco plays, I don't think I can start Hunt. I still think you can start Ford. I still think he's going to have enough of that role to make him a, a low-end RB2. Um, but without if if dtr plays you can play hunt and you can you can feel more confident on ford that's how i'm reading that situation i like it and like it and that is the last statistical trend we have on the list man that's it. oh man oh you broke up there week 14 how are we here I know, man. It's the end of the season. Um, fantasy playoffs next week, baby. It's going to be great. Although some leagues I'm in are in fantasy playoff mode already. Those larger charity tournaments. Um, shout out to the the team that is still in the Scott Fish Bowl. He's still got four representation, uh, four people representing Five Yard in uh, Scott Fish Bowl. So that's going to be great. Um, Going forward, uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the Bucks somehow are still in playoff contention. Don't know how. <laughs> I do. They're in a crap division. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks are playing for first place this week. They beat the Falcons. They're in first place. That is icky. That, Welcome to that. the NFL, baby. We love it. The NFC is just trash this year. Yeah. It's almost as bad as me spending $55 on Mitch Trubisky this week on my fab. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, if anything screams 2023 fantasy season, it's spending 55 bucks on Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. I love it. it. I love it. Come on, man. I spent, I, spent 32, I spent 32 bucks on PJ Walker a few weeks back in the Dynasty League and he didn't even get the job. <laughs> Well, there is that. Hey, we all we all like we all like blowing money at this time of year. We all like Absolutely. blowing money at this time of year. Rush Nation, that is going to do it for today's show. Best of luck in the final week of the fantasy regular season. We hope to see you in some playoffs to finally get some ships because that's what this is. This is the business end of the season now. We want to fill these docks up, right, Matt? Absolutely, it's this time of year. 
a little bit of a push now. The next three and a half weeks will be determined whether you'll be crowning it with greatness or uh, crying your way into an egg cup because that's all you're going to have to hold in your harbour. <laughs> egg cups in harbours. There is another T-shirt in there somewhere. I'm absolutely sure. Do follow us on X at Five Yard Rush. Follow Murph at Murph underscore M. Oh, head over to the podcast, Patreon forward slash Five Yard Rush. Have some tears over there. And as Murph said, the chat is popping off, so it is well worth the money indeed. But Rush Nation, until next week when we hit the fantasy football playoffs, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.